0: If you are wanting to buy in some of these markets, I think there's going to be great opportunities not to hear yet. Hello, and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host Todd Dexheimer, and uh, just doing a solo episode today. So on these Wednesdays, you know Matt Jones and I usually get together, but Matt he's busy, so um, so we don't we're not getting together today. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about what's going on, what we've been seeing, um, and you know we had this so we did an, an investor update where we talked about where Endurance Capital has been, uh, where what we did in 2022. What we're seeing in 2023, kind of our expectations, of course, kind of a crazy time uh, that, that's going on in the market. And really interesting, you know. And there, there's a lot of things you can really draw, a lot of conclusions you can draw as you look at things. You know, I can lit, literally listen to one person and it sounds like the smartest person in the world. I'm like, wow, that that that's amazing. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. They'll tell me that the market's going to crash and that prices are going to go down 25, 30 percent, blah blah blah, whatever it might be. Uh, and I'm like, man, they sound so smart. That's exactly what's gonna happen. And then I listen to the next person, and they're like, you know, yeah, prices are gonna go up by two, three percent, probably not gonna see quite as much growth, but you know, here's why. And they give me the fundamentals. I'm like, man, that person's so smart. That's exactly what's gonna happen. Uh, So we've tried to really come up with our own conclusions ourselves, knowing that, you know, really likely we're going to be a little, we're definitely going to be wrong, but at least we've thought about some of the things. And we're also looking at all our properties currently, what we've got uh, currently in our portfolio and going, okay, well, what if this person, you know, people, many people that are saying that the market's going to crash, what if they're right? And what do we need to do to our portfolio to protect it? And really we buy on the front end to make sure that, um, that we are protecting ourselves and kind of some downfalls, some, some bad scenarios, but we want to continue to make sure we're always looking at that and go, okay, what co- how can we improve? How can we continue to run our properties effectively? How can we grow the business, um, and being, be successful? So that's kind of how we're looking at things this year. What happens if these doomsday, uh, experts are, uh, are correct. You know, how do we fare? How does our portfolio fare and what can we do to improve it? What can we do to make sure that we're still here? We're still around, you know, in 2024, 2025 and beyond, um, and then we also look at kind of some of these best case scenarios because we're also buyers and we want to continue to grow our company. So what what does the market look like, both in the bad and the good, and how does that affect us and, and where can we go with those things? So with that said, I'm just going to kind of run down. We've talked about a lot of things. We had a, we had a lunch, uh, by the way, if, if you're in the Twin Cities, if you're in Minneapolis, St. Paul area, uh, we're having these quarterly lunches it's kind of replacing the north star real estate conference so so join us on the next one um and that's going to be i think it's the end of april beginning of may um that we're going to have the next one I'll, I'll make some announcements with those dates but follow us and you'll see some information on that but in, in that next one we're going to be just talking about how you know raising capital what we're doing to raise capital um hoping to have a, a, a great guest into uh, private equity guest and kind of what we're doing to bring capital into the deal. So, so here's what's going on here. Here's what we're seeing in the market. So first of all, everybody knows interest rates have gone up, you know, I mean, multifamily we've got Fannie Freddie. Those are the agencies, you know, life insurance companies, um, HUD. So, and, and then you got bridge loans. So bridge, bridge debt has really kind of disappeared. Oh, and local bank too. Uh, bridge debt's pretty much disappeared. You know, we're just not seeing a lot of bridge loans, uh, if you're trying to get a, a 10 million plus bridge loan, you definitely have some options, but not nearly as much as you did even six, 12 months ago, uh, that that's all you saw was bridge debt. And so that's kind of gone to the wayside. We have agency debt now, Fannie, Freddie, you know, you're know, you putting quite a bit more money down. Typically, you're you're putting like you know 30 plus percent down, 30 to 40 percent down payment. And so you got to come up with quite a bit more money. You're going to have to do the renovations out of your pocket. Uh, and then you do have the local banks, but the local banks have. They, there was a, a small period of time where the local banks were actually the cheapest money, uh, where the agency debts have raised their rates, you know, to six percent, five five and a half, six percent, and the local banks were sitting there at like four percent still. They had some cheap money, but that money is gone uh, from these local banks. So you're seeing the money a lot more expensive, and not, and you're seeing you know full recourse or at least you know partial recourse. Uh, also seeing that they're 25-year amortization, 20-25 year amortization fixed for only you know, five years or so, and then you're seeing interest rates in the sixes and maybe 7%. Um, so it's not nearly as lucrative. So right now, in multifamily, the most lucrative loan is going to be your agency debt. Uh, you can get those fixed, sorry, you can get those amortized 30 or even 35 years. And then the loans uh, interest rates are going to be the cheapest. So we just got a debt quote at 5.7%. You're seeing anywhere between five and a half to six, maybe six and a half at the highest. Um, You know, interest rates have gone up. We were actually seeing them closer to five at the cheapest. Uh, And so now they've gone up a little bit. Uh, You know, I'm recording this in early part of February. Fed just raised 25 basis points. So, there's still volatility with the interest rates. Now, single family homes, of course, are even higher. So volatility with the interest rates, we'll see where it goes, but the fed keeps on posturing and saying that, Hey, we're, we're raising rates until we get to that 2% or until we feel like we're at 2% inflation. And so I expect that to continue. I expect rates to stay elevated for quite a period of time. Uh, and it's going to disrupt the market. The, the, the more volatile, Interest rates are the more volatile the economy is, and, and potentially just just with what's happening, you know, it just creates uh, uncertainty in the market. And so you're going to have uh, buyers and sellers who just aren't quite sure what's going on. As markets as the market stabilizes, as interest rates stabilize, and all that kind of stuff, we'll, we'll have this pricing kind of discovery in, or we're having this pricing discovery, and we'll kind of have this you know, realization of this is where pricing needs to be. Sellers will say, yep, we, we're willing to sell at this price. Buyers will say, okay, we're willing to buy at this price. And so we'll have this kind of realization and stabilization in the market. Doesn't mean that prices are going to go up. Doesn't mean that prices are going to go down, but that I think we'll have this kind of uh, really just realization of here's where pricing is. I do believe that some markets are going to see some major down uh, and I think others are going to see, you know, some stagnation while others might see some, some upward. And it's like anything, uh, when we're talking real estate, it's, it's very local. You know, we can have nationwide statistics and I'm going to say nationwide t- statistics, but, um, that's just not how, that's just not how real estate really works. So, you know, uh, we can, we can all spot out statistics and, and say that that's how it is across the nation, but that's just not how it works. um, Things that we're really looking for you know, right now is, is long-term debt. We want long-term fixed rate debt, just good, solid debt. And we want to see good, solid debt in great locations. And we sold our C-class assets, really wanted to see better, well-located properties. And so we're really fixed on location, on where we're at. We want very solid location. When you look at kind of the history and what goes on in real estate cycles, and, and again, whether we're in a in the cycle or not, or in a transitioning cycle or not, well, you know, to be determined, right? We don't know until hindsight, but assuming we are, uh, every cycle, you know, the history that we can look back at history, C-class, it goes down the most percentage-wise, it stays down the longest, and it takes you know it takes the longest to go up and it goes up the slowest. Uh, and so when we look at it, yeah, maybe a class monetarily goes down more because rents are way more. But as far as a percentage goes, you know, C class gets hurt the worst, it just does. And I know some people don't believe it, and they say, Oh, B moves A moves down to B and B moves down to C, and you know, C just doesn't have anywhere to go. Okay, that, that sounds great. It sounds great on the surface, it's just not true. And then the other uh, false thing, or the thing that makes it not true as well, is that C class can't pay. So even if they do have high occupancy, they just can't afford to pay because whose jobs get cut during a recession? Well, it's typically the C class. It's it's those uh, people that are working, you know, at restaurants and at factories and things like that that tend to get cut, and they're living in C class properties. So unfortunately, that's who gets hurt uh, the most. Especially, you know, we're talking inflation, high inflation environment. Who gets hurt the most in a high inflation environment is going to be the, you know, the C-class type residents. So, um, so anyways, we have migrated to B-class over the last, you know, several years it has been really since, uh, since just, just prior to the pandemic, uh, we're by, migra- we've migrated to B-class A-class assets. So that's, that's a big thing kind of we we've been looking for. um, some interesting things happening here in the market. Again, this is nationwide, but we've seen that rents are declining. Rents declining nationwide. Uh, and you know it's funny because there's all these headlines saying rents are declining, so it sounds really bad, but we are in the winter, right? And we typically see rents decline in the fall. And so that's what, exactly what we saw. So we saw September of 2022, the first month with negative rents. Well, if we look back at history, that tells us that's pretty accurate. You know, September, October, usually you're seeing some negative rents. And so we see these negative rents, you know, September, October, November, December, and then January usually starts to pick up and turn into a positive, a very slow positive. But that's kind of how history has has gone. Now, if we look at more of a localized aspect, you can look at markets that, uh, blew up during the pandemic. A lot of markets went up by you know, 20, 30%. And, and we look at those markets and see that we're seeing the exact opposite happening. Sophie, let's point out a couple markets. And these, by the way, these are markets, if you're listening to this, these are markets to really keep an eye out. I wouldn't touch them right now. I wouldn't even think about buying or investing in these markets. But I think there's going to be opportunities in these markets because I think what you're going to see is owners, especially owners that bought between, you know, really the start of the pandemic to today, they're going to be, now I'm not saying everybody, of course, everybody's a big statement, but a lot of them are going to be needing to recapitalize. They're going to need to sell. They're just, they're going to struggle. And so if you are wanting to buy in some of these markets, I think there's going to be great opportunities not to hear yet, but uh, think of markets like Phoenix Arizona that's probably ground in my in my opinion likely to be ground zero of uh, pain real pain uh, so Phoenix Arizona uh, Austin Texas Atlanta Georgia uh, Las Vegas Nevada you know uh, Tampa uh, Tampa you know, so Orlando uh, so those types of markets uh, Charlotte Raleigh Southeast Big, huge increases and are are likely going to fall flat on their face. They're already doing that. Phoenix, Arizona had negative 2% rent growth in 2022. Las Vegas had like negative 3% rent growth in 2022. Atlanta um, had, I think, right around a 0%. It was slightly negative, negative 0.3% or something like that. And so we're already starting to see that. And I think we're going to continue to see that. I, I can see some of those markets going down by ten percent or greater. And the crazy thing is, a lot of these syndicators, you know, I, there, there's a couple of groups that I can think of that are literally analyzing stuff going up by seven to eight percent. A year, of course, they fool uh, their investors by showing like three percent, but uh, they're really, if you dig into their numbers, are going like seven, eight percent rent growth, which is crazy considering they're actually dropping in rents by, you know, two percent and probably probably a lot more. Hey, real quick, this is Matt Jones. Thanks to Todd for doing the solo episode. But today, February 15th, we're gonna be hosting a Real Estate Networking Happy Hour at Bent Brustillery at 5.30 p.m. So you can join us. I'm gonna include the information in the podcast notes. But again, that's today, February 15th, 2023 at 5.30 p.m. on, we hope to see you there. The other thing to look out for is deliveries. What is coming onto the market? So I'll pick on Phoenix again, because again, I think that's ground zero. Uh, Phoenix is building 38,000 more units and the absorption rate last year was 11,000 units and it expected to actually be less than that this year. So they're building 38,000 and they're, they're having 11,000 people move in. Uh, that's a problem. And so... You're going to see a higher amount of vacancies, which is going to push rents down even further, going to drive up concessions. Uh, So those are are definitely issues. And Phoenix is not the only market. There's many. In fact, even some slow growth markets, Minneapolis, my hometown market, they're increasing the rental supply by 10,000 units. That's never been done before. The problem with Minneapolis doing that is there's no growth. There's literally almost zero growth. And so we've got this market that's adding all these units and uh, taking very few offline, and and we've got a problem there. So, so things to really watch out for is how what what supply is coming on the market. I think that's going to be really interesting this year. There's expected to be record amount of units across the country uh, going going online, and as we hit a recession, people start to double up. Uh, those units are going to be tough to fill and those units will get full, but what's going to happen is the other properties around them are going to suffer. So I'm looking for markets. And again, uh, I like slow, steady. I like Midwest. Uh, even with Midwest though, like I mentioned with Minneapolis, you got to be careful because it does it's, it, you know, every market super local and it doesn't mean that just because it's Midwest, it's safe and insulated. Um, you got to look at what's happening in the fundamentals. The other thing to really look out for is expenses. Uh, we are projecting our expenses to go up considerably. You know, income's up thirteen uh, percent, insurance is up nine percent, property taxes are up twelve percent. This is nationwide statistics, so again, uh, take it with a grain of salt. But you know, expenses are up. Utility costs are are up. I think eight percent. Um, so so expenses are up 21 percent. Uh, For turnover, that's the growth in turnover expense. So again, nationwide, but you got to pay attention And some of these markets that have had this skyrocketing rent have also had skyrocketing uh, employment costs. You know, so people are making more money in those markets, and so instead of, you know, instead of income growth by thirteen percent, they're seeing income growth by twenty percent, and so all of a sudden you're seeing rent go down by two percent, income. Expenses go up by, you know, maybe a blended of six, seven, eight percent, and you can see how quickly you can be upside down. So you just, just be aware again of what's going on, but it does open opportunities if you're not in those markets. Of course, if you're listening, you're in those markets you've been buying for the last couple of years. Really, you got to figure out how to fundamentally operate your properties. Hopefully, you've got great cash reserves, um, and, and maybe have to do some capital calls, but hopefully, hopefully, you can last through this, uh, kind of tough time period, but I, I would be ready if you're sitting in those markets, you already have properties. Um, you know, so, so some of the other things, you know, we've been looking at thinking about is uh, it, it is really kind of supply. Um, it, it feels, you know, the, the numbers tell you that we have We have this big need for housing, Uh, but one of the things we want to be careful of, and I don't think enough thought is put into this, is there's need for housing, but housing need is not equal across all boards. Demand is not equal. Demand is different in a really good uh, growth period. Demand is extremely high as a recession happens and as people are kind of pulling back as expenses get too high as inflation gets out of control well what happens is people then tighten down and they start staying you know they stay with mom and dad they start rooming up with with friends and family and and things like that so well, people figure out how to survive and and i think that housing although there is housing demand out there again it's not equal and it can be moved pretty quickly. The other thing that's not equal is when we, we look at, everybody just talks about, oh, we need more housing. So it automatically it means we need more multifamily housing, but are we sure? If we look at the demographics, look at what, what's happening. These millennials are getting older and they're gonna wanna move into houses. And so is it the demand in multifamily or is the demand in single families? A little bit of both. And I think it's a little bit of both. And so again, as I'm looking at markets, I'm really looking for markets that don't have this crazy building, uh, crazy supply going on. I want very little supply uh, coming into my market. I want to make sure my absorption rate is, you know, staying pretty steady. We want we want units absorbed. We don't want units sitting around. So, um, so 2023. Again, we're focused on in place operations. We're not looking at blue sky. We're not looking at you know, where can we go? Certainly we have an optimistic view. I still love multifamily. Look, I know I've been dogging maybe multifamily a little bit and and real estate a little bit, but I still love multifamily. I I think it's very strong in the future. And even these markets that I've mentioned, Phoenix and Raleigh and Atlanta and and so on, those are Austin, Texas, you know, those are high growth markets. They're probably going to see some pain now. Like I said, if you bought in the last couple of years, boy, you know, look out, but there's going to be opportunities in those markets. And I wouldn't hesitate to buy in those markets as, you know, things really settle down and, and uh, likely values go down. You know, it's funny, we're already seeing, I was talking to somebody who was in the Phoenix market and they think it's still too expensive, but they had a, a property that was being shopped to them for over 300,000 a unit. And they had it come back to them at just under 250,000 a unit. That's a big drop. Um, and they said it's still too expensive. You know, so they, they need to be around 200,000 a unit, but you know, that's their drop. And that number is roughly 20%. They think it needs to go down another roughly 20%. Uh, but that's a 40% date decrease. You know, that's, that's pretty, those are pretty big numbers. So, um, but again, I, I still think multifamily strong. It just, it's going to be market dependent it's going to be, Ah, uh, really trying to understand some of these fundamentals. You know, how housing is expensive. And that's one thing that's gonna probably help the the rental market, is that, you know, if you look, just look back into um 2020. So if we look at 2020, for instance, and we could say the median sale home sales price is right around $275,000, okay? $275,000, that's what you could buy a house for. So, you know, let's say you're going to get an FHA loan, which is your traditional first-time home buyer. Their payment at that time is $1,147, $1,147, okay? Now let's just fast forward that then to the end of last year, even even right now, Uh, the average home sale price is about $385,000. So it's gone up. Considerably it's gone up by over a hundred thousand dollars, but the payment is what's huge. The payment is now at twenty four hundred dollars. That is a big difference going from eleven $1, hundred and fifty dollars to twenty four hundred dollars. That's a massive difference in, in affordability, and so that definitely helps out rental houses because we can't people can't live, people can't afford to live in these properties anymore. They're going to have to pay less for house or they're going to just have to save more before they can actually get into that house. So that, that's definitely something that's good for the rental market. I don't think it alleviates all the potential issues of, of the rental market, but it definitely definitely helps cure some problems when you have housing affordability and people have to stay in their rental uh, houses for, for longer. Um, uh, you know, Of course, today we, we had information that jobs are continuing to grow. Uh, it just continues to go up. There's so much demand. People, are, people need workers, um, and I don't see that stopping. Baby boomers are retiring, and there's, there's need for employment. I don't know how that's going to change at all anytime soon, um, and, and that's probably our biggest risk for inflation continuing to go is that we just don't have the labor force, and you know, it's, it's only retiring. It's just going to continue to retire. Um, okay. So back to back to opportunities. Look, I, I think what you're going to see, and it's going to be probably across the board, but I think again, in some of these markets, uh, these kind of more ground zero markets, what you're probably going to see is a lot of people put uh, short-term debt on these properties they didn't leverage them well enough. Uh, they didn't have enough cash reserves. Sorry, they leveraged them too much. They didn't have enough cash reserves. And so they're they're coming to a situation where they need a capital infusion. And certainly they, people are going to uh, be able to do a capital call. That's great. But you know that's not going to be for everyone. And uh, so I think what's going to happen, there's going to be a couple of things that are going to happen. So, some properties are certainly going to get distressed and going to have to sell. And they're going to sell for a discount. Um, so there will be some opportunities. I think those will get swallowed up pretty quickly. You have to have good relationships with brokers. Uh, those those properties are going to go quick. The other properties are going to be more silent transactions. There's a ton of money sitting out there. Last I heard, there's over a trillion dollars of money sitting out there, and they've raised money from investors, uh, private equity groups, some some smaller syndication uh, type groups. Um, and what they're looking for is they're looking for opportunities to come in and recapitalize deals. They're going to come in. They're going to buy into the property and and basically basically the rescue money it's rescue money it's saying hey we know you're struggling and uh you know you need you need 5 million dollars 3 million dollars whatever to recapitalize your property and we'll do that for you but then in turn what they're going to do is they're going to take over ownership investors are probably going to lose a decent amount of money on that, or maybe all their money, the GP is going to lose a decent amount of money, but what it'll stop is it'll stop that foreclosure. They'll stop that big, big, nasty red mark, uh, you know, kind of on their, on their record. And again, maybe allow them to get out and their investors to maybe their investors can capitalize on on 50% of their money on 30% of their money, whatever it might be. Uh, but then new money comes in and, and it refreshes the property and they can get a new long-term fixed rate debt and uh, and continue and hopefully then survive and thrive so so I think there's a lot of that money um, that's that's gonna help out and you know it's good and it's bad of course it's bad for those people that are stuck it's good for uh, those people that are stuck though too and and help them out of a sticky situation Um. I think rents are going to just continue to to soften. Um, again, not all markets are the same. I, I feel like a lot of the Midwest markets that have had slow steady growth are going to continue slow steady growth, just not quite as fast as before. You know and instead of instead of uh, you know six to eight percent, you're gonna see three, two to three percent, maybe four um, percent. Those markets that saw twenty three percent growth for for you know a long period of time, uh, those are going to see negative growth, and they're going to get back to where they should be. Um, so I, I, I think that's going to be happening. Um, I expect that you know there's construction happening right now, and, and people are exuberant. But everybody sees things and then goes crazy, and then they go crap. And so I think people are going out of crap right now. So I expect housing. Starts to slow down, and well, I shouldn't say expect that. That's already been happening, and I expect that to continue to happen for the you know next. I don't know a year, maybe. Um, we'll see. We'll see how long it goes. Kind of depends on the interest rates and the volatility and the volatility of the economy. So um, I do expect that to continue to happen in multifamily, which I think is a good thing. I think that's a really good thing, especially for multifamily, single family. Um, I think there's still a lot of need for houses, but multifamily, I think it's a good thing to put pause on some of these markets. So hopefully that'll catch up and allow some of these markets to to breathe again. Um, yeah. So, anyways, that's that's kind of my rundown of what's going on. Uh, probably pretty long-winded, but a lot of thoughts that I have. Uh, I have a lot more thoughts, of course, of what's what's happening in these markets. But uh, I think 2023 is going to be a really interesting year. It's going to have potential for some opportunities. And 2024 is going to have Definitely a, even more potential for some opportunities. Uh, there's a lot of loan maturities coming. There's just a lot of things coming on the market where I think there might be opportunity. I'm uh, overall re- very, still very optimistic, but overall I, I, I do think there's going to be isolated pain points uh, throughout the market and, and opportunities for those who are willing to take that risk and who are really on top of things. I, I think that it's not going to be this big massive 20, 2008 type crisis again. I think it's going to be those who are opportunistic and those who are really looking and digging in. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, Give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and and want this so